Welcome to the Post Victory Formation Podcast. Tune in every Wednesday to hear us talk about this week's top NFL news in our games of the week. All right, guys, welcome to another week of the Post Victory Formation Podcast. You got Mike and Kyle here, and we are going to be discussing Sunday night's Super Bowl action between Philadelphia and Kansas City how that game ended up and then we'll transition all right hold on i want to, i want to redo that cut cut, <coughs> cut 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 okay all right everybody welcome to another week of the post victory formation podcast you've got mike and kyle here we're going to be discussing the super bowl from sunday night and we're going to discuss a article that was released by CBS Sports talking about the 2024 Super Bowl odds, but we're going to look at it in a slightly different way. So more to come on that, but we'll start off big game Sunday night, Chiefs-Eagles. There may have been a particular podcast that predicted the Chiefs were going to win, and uh, a particular host on that podcast, I should say, and... Sure enough, after being down 24-14 at half, the Chiefs come roaring back with four straight offensive scores in the second half to take down Philadelphia. Mike, what was what was the biggest standout in that game for you? Because it, it looked early on like the Eagles were just going to roll. But we had a Jalen Hurts turnover that turned into a touchdown. That just it kept Kansas City on life support. And then... Uh, yeah, it was really a tale of a tale of two half for Kansas City turned it up. That was that was the play right there. That turnover changed the entire game. That one play gave Kansas they were looking down, bummed out, were starting I mean, bro, come out and get it get the score seven to seven, and then the Eagles are like pretty much boom, seventeen points. Yeah. And it, it it was rough, and that turnover gave the Chiefs life coming into going into halftime, only down by ten. There was something that they could make of it, and then I would say another huge crucial play to everything was the holding call that everybody heard around the world. Well, I I want I want to get to that a little later on, but yeah, with Chiefs. It was a 14-14 game midway through the second quarter, but it felt like Philadelphia should have been up 24 nothing at that point. It felt like, you know, you said they rattled off 17 straight points. That wasn't quite the case, but it felt like it. It felt like Philadelphia was just going to roll. Um, they score. After that fumble return, Philadelphia goes on to score 10, an- 10 unanswered. Oh, that's what it was. Yep, that was 10. But... The second, like, you just kind of knew. And then seeing seeing uh, Mahomes go down the end of the first half, you're like, man, it's, this thing could get ugly in the second half. But they rallied the old 29-minute halftime performance by Rihanna. I don't know what the Chiefs are doing in there, but they got Mahomes right. And he came back out in the second half. And, again, it turned into... You know, the guys that have been there and done that, they weren't rattled being down by 10. Mahomes, Kelsey, Reed, they regrouped in the locker room. 
and really were unstoppable in the second half. Like I said, four straight possessions with scores. But the thing that hurt the Eagles was the uh, not not to cut you off really quick, but the same thing that hindered them last year was I understand Jalen Hurts went out there. I mean, was twenty seven for thirty eight through three hundred and four yards and a touchdown. Yeah, he was better. He was the better quarterback in the game, in my yeah. opinion. Oh yeah, and then fifteen rushing attempts at seventy yards. I mean, average at almost five yards uh, a rush with a long at twenty eight and rush for three fucking touchdowns. That's crazy. But Kenneth Gainwell, seven attempts, 21 yards. Miles Sanders, seven attempts, 16 yards. Boston Scott, three attempts, eight yards. Nothing, nothing on the ground for yep. any of the running backs. And that's where it's hindered the Eagles in last year with Jalen Hurts coming in and they're trying to do this whole scheme. He's great, but you can't fucking do everything. Yeah, he yeah he needed some help in the second half. It kind of felt like the second half he was k- trying to carry the team and do too much. He was, you know, uh, like I said, he was smart with the ball in the regards of not throwing not throwing bad interceptions. But that turnover just it was a weird turnover. He was just so cavalier with the ball, like he takes the snap, he starts to move, and then it just it just falls out of his hands. So that was kind of inexplicable and really I'm not if if there's one unit that I'm going to put this loss on or put just the the unit that had the biggest impact on the game was Philadelphia's defense. There is the they initially let Travis Kelsey score right down the field or Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs go right down the field with a Travis Kelsey score. But three of the three of the touchdowns that they allowed were run out of the same exact formation where you've got a wide receiver running an end around and Philadelphia just refused to adjust and got burned three times for touchdowns that and I'm. So with that being said, Mike, I'm not going to get mad at the defensive holding call at the end of the game because that's not what cost you the game. When you give up four scoring drives in the second half, that's what cost you the game. You had a 10-point lead, and for you to just let off the gas in in the second half of the game and let the Chiefs score at will, the game should have never gotten to that point where... It's a holding where you have to, you know, where you can place the blame on a holding call. The game, the the game was over before that because I, there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, Kansas City was going to score the field goal anyways. There had they had that not been called, but Philadelphia was not showing. They were not the offensive juggernaut they were in the first half. They did have that Jalen touch, Jalen Hurts touchdown with the two pointer. Uh, about five minutes ago, but that was really about the only sign of life Philadelphia showed in the second half offensively. Well, yeah, and I want to just comment on the defense as well. Zero sacks and the QB pressure from the Eagles defense was a bare minimum. And this was a hobbled Mahomes. It's not like they were going up against a Lamar Jackson or another version of Jalen Hurts. It It was Mahomes on one leg. And some of those Mahomes runs, it... 
He looked like he was going jogging speed, and he was still pulling away from some of the Eagles' defenders. It was remarkable. Oh, yeah, he was killing it. And, I mean, what was it? Patrick Mahomes had a 26-yard yeah, long rush, which was the longest the longest rushing uh, attempt out of anybody for the the Chiefs. Yeah, and that and that was it was a painfully slow twenty six yards, but he he got it done. So I mean, he yeah, averaged just almost seven point five uh, yards for six attempts. That's crazy. So I can understand Philadelphia's disappointment. As far as the holding call, I personally, I think we can all agree, we didn't see much there to warrant a holding call. But don't give up. If you're Philadelphia, don't give up 24 points in the second half and you're never put into that situation. Yeah, I agree. It was like a Atlanta Falcons all over again. So with that, Mike, you've got Chiefs. You've got the Chiefs, and with Andy Reid and Mahomes, this is their second Super Bowl victory. When do you think the general public, because I think right now there's not a lot of people that have a disdain for Patrick Mahomes or Andy Reid. When you look at like the Bill Belichick, Tom Brady era, there were, towards the last few Super Bowls, they were looked as like, you know, the Antichrist team. Nobody wanted them to win. <laughs> and I, I, we've seen the Chiefs have postseason success now pretty much for Patrick Mahomes' entire tenure. Yet I don't get the sense that people are tired of watching the Chiefs, watching Andy Reid. Do you, what do you think is going to drive, you know, drive the change to where they become the team that everybody roots against? After the Super Bowl, I think next year, I think they're going to have, I mean, I like seeing the Chiefs and maybe it's just because of Andy Reid, like the respect and everything. And so does Bill Belichick, but just he's such a happy go lucky coach. He's good to watch. He's fun to watch. It's crazy to see what he does with all these young players like Sky Moore and Isaiah or Isaiah Pacheco, like how he's been shaping all these players that I it's. I think everybody put so much on hating the dynasty that the Patriots had that now they want to see something again and that we're seeing. But I think after this year, I, people are going to want some change. They want something to root against. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think the Chiefs could be headed that direction. Um, as we'll discuss here in a minute, they're, they're, the team is really, a lot of the team is staying intact. So there's no reason to think that they can't, you know, get here again next year. Um, I don't know. I think one thing that really drove the Belichick, Brady, Patriot hatred was really those guys didn't have have much of an attitude. And like you said with Andy Reid, he seems like a happy-go-lucky guy. Mahomes, he's got the State Farm commercials, which yeah, I, I don't mind him. And he's just, he's confident, but yet it's a, it's, a, it's a classy confident. It's not like an overbearing confident. And he's got, you know, he's got some personality. He's not stale like Bill and Brady were. So I 
I think that helps his cause. Um, but yeah, if they if they keep if they continue to have the success at the current rate that they're going, get if they're in another Super Bowl, you might start seeing more people just actively rooting against them going forward. But for right now, or you know, if if Andy Reid decides to step down at some point, then maybe you know. The likable figures, the more likable figure is gone, and you'd have most likely Eric Bieniemy taking the reins. I could see, I could see, you know, public. Let's call it public support for the Chiefs start to dwindle a little bit. And I, I just want to touch on how like the Kansas City is going to stay together because other than Travis Kelsey, they got Juju Smith-Schuster from the Dollar Tree, they got Kadarius Tooney from the Dollar General, they have. Jarek McKinnon, which is barely on a contract. Sky Moore's on his rookie deal. Like, they have so much money to spend. They do, yep. And they can go out and get another big league wide receiver to help out. And they got MVS on. Well, he didn't do much in the Super Bowl, but he's, you know, done, done great over the years. They have him on a slow deal. Like, they can go out and get a couple more pieces to the puzzle and just keep this train rolling. Yeah, pretty easily. Yeah. So I guess let's let's dive into that. CBS Sports came out with a article that had the Super Bowl odds for the 2024 season and which teams had they went through all 32 teams and talked about their showed their odds, what Vegas thinks of uh, each team's odds to make the Super Bowl. So we'll start off. Team with the best odds out of the AFC West was Kansas City at plus five fifty. So, like you said, Mike, the the teams are very. The team is, you know, they got a lot of money to spend. Most of their assets are still controlled. Really, the only big free, pending free agent they have is their offensive tackle Orlando Brown. Other than that, it's you know, it's a pretty. That's a team that's going to be pretty intact. And he's great, but. He's replaceable, and they have the money for it. And if I'm some somebody that's going to bet, other than some crazy anomaly happening, like Patrick Mahomes getting injured, which I'm sure they would still find a way to win, the money's going on Kansas City still. Yeah, they and they have got the best overall odds um, to make it back to the Super Bowl, according to Vegas, plus 550. Um. I guess the way we'll do this is we'll just break. Let's just we'll break down AFC and then we'll break down the NFC teams. So the team with the next highest odds out of the AFC East is Buffalo. Um, Mike, do you agree out of the out of the AFC East teams that Buffalo's got the best shot at, at getting back there? I agree. Them in the Super Bowl. I agree. They need to get a little bit more help for uh, the, their offense. I think they need beef up the line a little bit, maybe get, I'd say Dawson Knox is good, but another secondary tight end or another wide receiver. Um, Allen's been dying down towards the end of the year. I mean, he's been doing great, but they came out hot at the beginning of the year and he's kind of been dying down. Yeah, if they can keep that heat going, then he's been regressing. I know. More, and that's more than people, more than people realize, I think. And that's what's leading me to the next part is if he can not do that and keep the Miami Dolphins at bay, 
But if they do start to regress like they did this year, I could see the Miami Dolphins taking that spot. Yeah, I I, I feel the same way. It we We've seen Josh Allen. We've seen the Bills. They've built this team up to compete with the Chiefs, but yet they always fall short. They brought in Steph Diggs. They, they, you know, name your, name your free agent. They brought him in. They unburied Cole Beasley for their playoff run. And once again, they just, they fell a little short. And I feel like, you know, Josh Allen in the past two years has thrown 31 interceptions. That's pretty much an interception a game. And this year, especially the red zone turnovers, whether they were interceptions or fumbles, really, really hurt them down the stretch from uh, grabbing home field advantage and really controlling their destiny throughout the playoffs. So, yeah, they've got Vegas favors them big time over anybody else out of the NFC or out of the AFC East. But I do agree that if it's going to be one team that'll bump them, I think it would be the Dolphins. They have the Dolphins at plus 3,500. So, a distant second place. But, yeah, if Allen gets hurt or this team just kind of, I don't know, they're not playing up to their potential. I don't think Steph Diggs is going to leave. You know, there was that drama at the end of the season where he's yelling at Allen on the sideline. I don't think he's going anywhere. They do have two big pending free agents with uh, in their <coughs> secondary with both Jordan Poyer and Tremaine Edmonds. So I'd be curious to see if they can retain one, if not both of them, but uh, they might they might be demanding some bigger deals. And Buffalo's cap situation is not the best, so yeah i I think Buffalo will be the team out of the AFC East, but I'm not I'm not married to the thought of them regressing and potentially the Dolphins sliding up in there and surprising them. Yeah, and I know Jordan Poyer's a big name, but they need to lock down Edmonds because Poyer's getting old. He's still producing, but he's getting old. And, I mean, Edmonds is what well, I think he's only 25 years old. And yeah, I think, I think Jordan he, yeah, Poyer's I be coming off his rookie deal here. Yeah, I think Jordan Poyer's like 31 or 32. Yeah, he'll be 31 next off, or next season. Yeah, so you need to lock down Tremaine Edmonds. Maybe bump Jordan Poyer, see what you can get for him, and try to continue this and try to beef up your offense here a little bit. I think there's a couple missing keys. Uh, Josh Allen needs a better quarterback coach or something, but um, yeah, he just he doesn't need to force it. He's it's he tries to play this brand of hero ball, and it's really not necessary because it's not like he's got bums at the skill positions, he's got good guys. He doesn't need to force it. You know, we talk, we go back and talk about Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl, not, not forcing bad passes that Josh Allen needs to just study the Super Bowl, study the Philadelphia playoff run in general, and just watch Jalen Hurts' decision-making. Cause I think, I think they're similar rushers. I think Jalen's got the edge rushing and definitely, I feel like Allen's a better passer. But just watch, watch the poise, watch the decision making. Just study that Philadelphia playoff run. If I'm Josh Allen, and try to emulate that in his style of play, because the team is too talented to not 
get to the Super Bowl. And yet here we are. This is uh, year four or five where Philadelphia or where Buffalo comes up short after everybody expects them to be there. So, yeah, it's going to be. I'm going to be curious to see what what brand of football Buffalo comes out with and if they're if they tighten the ship or if they continue to play this play this high, you know, high scoring, highly entertaining brand of football, but throw in a couple turnovers and keep the other team in in the uh, in the game. It's like watching a younger Vikings. Uh, Yeah, they always kind of get there, but they always fall off. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. With that, uh, AFC East, uh, no surprise here, at plus 900. And the third highest AFC team, it's the Cincinnati Bengals. And Cincinnati, they've built this team up right. They do not have... uh, they don't have any big names pending departure and free agency. They've got uh, two safeties, Jesse Bates, Von Bell. Really, the two—that's really their two major uh, free agents on defense. On offense, you've got T. Higgins, which uh, T. Higgins is the number one wide receiver in my mind, and with him, Jamar. Tyler Boyd. I don't think Cincinnati's going to be able to pay all three, so it looks like I. It looks like T. Higgins is going to be the one that's going to be left out. So, Mike, losing T. Higgins. Do you? I don't think that slows Cincinnati down. Do you? No, the AFC North is pretty stacked with. Well, not stacked. I'm saying with with Baltimore and, and Bengals, and I think that because um, the Pittsburgh Steelers and Browns are irrelevant. But um, the the Bengals, I think, can afford losing T. Higgins because I wouldn't even say they're going to lose him. They're going to get somebody for him, whether it's a B plus receiver or something. Yeah, it's either going to be draft. It's going to be they're going to get a, a good draft, player, capital, draft capital or, or a, yeah. a trade. And the only person that's knocking on the door is the Ravens in that division, and. Let's be honest. Nobody knows what the fuck Baltimore's doing with their quarterback and this and that and signing. Um, oh, what's his name? We talked about it to that huge deal. But uh, oh, the defensive player. Um, oh, his name escapes me. It keep, escaped you last time too. But yeah, yeah. I know. Keep talking. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll pull him up. <laughs> but uh, um, he came from the he came from the Chicago. Fuck. But Roquan Smith. Yes. Signing Roquan, prior we to- spoke, yes, pr- prior to all of this, and, and Lamar just wanting money, we spoke about it on a previous podcast as well. It's a big topic. Baltimore doesn't know what the fuck is going on right now, so it's going to be interesting to watch them, but I think they have a little bit more going behind the scenes. So definitely Bengals, huge AFC North winner next year. Even through everything, they started out the season rough. They changed it. Only I think they started out zero and two. Um, started slow, and came out, killed it. Finished twelve and four, made it to the playoffs again. You're gonna be. Oh, I'm sorry. Yep, twelve and four. The the Buffalo game. Yep. Yep. You're gonna you're gonna have them knocking on the same door that they were this year. Yeah, and really, 
this article doesn't Vegas doesn't think much of the other teams in the AFC North. They've got the Ravens at plus 3,500, Browns at plus 4,500, uh, Steelers at plus 5,000. Mike, let's touch on the Browns real quick. Do you think do you think Deshaun turns things around in year two now that he's going to have a full offseason of participation? He, he He's experienced some gameplay. Uh, do, you, do you see the Browns improving much no. next year? No. No, no. I, I think they're going to be sitting around the same thing. Seven and ten. The only person that can go through some shady stuff like that and come back and almost get to the Super Bowl again or they could do a good run into the playoffs was Mr. Michael Vick. Yeah. Other, other Deshaun's just not doing it for him. I think he's got too much stuff still surrounding him, too much hatred. I think he only gets a couple hours of sleep at night. He didn't produce much last yeah, year. I, I kind of agree. I think, you know, with Deshaun, you really didn't see any glimpses of anything, you know, when he came back after his suspension, where, where when Vic came back, granted, he, he rode the pine for a while, he was on the bench, but when he came in, it was an instant spark, and Deshaun's been really no spark in his gameplay, so, yeah. They need I, to start Brissett. No, they don't need to start Brissett. But they do need to get some more talent around the Browns. They've kind of let that roster erode. DPJ is a nice wide receiver, but they've got to, they need more. Um, but they messed up by signing him to this big contract, and now they're so far down oh, in depths yeah. of money. And to come out and perform like he did this year, it was extremely lackluster to say the best. He didn't do a fucking thing for offense. They, they, Points forward all year was 361 points. It was barely above the Steelers. Yeah, they that was not inspiring football. And if I was a Browns fan, I'd be really nervous about what you have potentially signed yourself up for because nobody's going to trade for Deshaun with that contract. So you're stuck with him. It's kind of like a Russell Wilson, Denver Broncos situation. Um, where you're you're stuck with that guy for three or four years now. So, yeah, but I I don't know much about you know Watson after all this, but at least I I'm glad you brought up Russell Wilson. At least he's coachable, and I see Sean Payton doing something with him. The Browns don't know who their coach is going to be. Well, I know they know who their coach, but everything just goes through. They go through quarterbacks and coaches and players, and every, nothing's con- consistent. Yeah. They're in a constant state of flux. So Stefanski's going to have his work cut out for him. They need to bring they need to bring some talent in there. We'll see. Uh, I agree with you though. I think Cincinnati wins the AFC North by a mile. Our last representative out of the AFC South, and sitting at number five on the list out of the AFC uh, odds. Uh, one team we didn't mention, also AFC West, the Chargers, uh, plus twenty two hundred. Um, they they have uh, the second best odds out of the AFC West behind Kansas City. Um, I could see the Chargers making some noise and getting into the playoffs for sure, but I I don't see them upending Kansas City in the in that division. Um, but at plus twenty eight hundred. And representing the AFC South, they've got the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I tell you, Mike, I'm not a betting man, unlike you. 
but plus 2,800, that's, that's a tempting number, especially when you look at the division they're in. I think, you know, we talked, we talked midway through the season, how I felt that Tennessee was going to have to enter a rebuild. And now it's a general consensus that Tennessee is going to start rebuilding. Um, I think the Jags at twenty plus twenty eight hundred is an incredible value. They retain pretty much their entire roster because their team is so young and they've got so many players on rookie deals. The only guy you've got uh, depend uh, pending departure and free agency is Evan Ingram, and I kind of hold that with a grain of salt because Evan was a bum in New York. He goes to Jacksonville, doesn't do much, and then in a in a contract year has a nice season. So I. Take that for what it's worth. You can go well, pick up any of them right now in free agency or you, grab someone decent yeah, in the third I, round. I would not. I wouldn't consider it a loss if they let if they let Ingram go in free agency. But this seems like this almost seems like the sa- one of the safe, maybe the second safest bet in the AFC is Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville taking it and potentially making a run here. Yeah, I think. I think they'll be able to, especially, I mean... Well, let me ask you this. Who else in the division is going to do it? Like, well, I don't see any chance the Titans get there, no chance the Colts get there, and the Texans forget about it. The Titans are the only one that I'll let float underneath Jacksonville. As long as Doug Peterson can keep the train rolling, I mean, they can go out and get a decent tight end from free agency. It, here's just a weird little thought for you. Guess who the number one free agent tight end right now to NB or to to the what everybody's thoughts are on how they have every tight end ranked for NBC. Guess who the number one tight end is? Oh, I'm trying to re- I'm trying to go through. There's not many tight ends on the free agent. You market. just talked about him. Not Evan. Evan- Evan Ingram is the number one rated free agent tight end right now, even above Mike Gusecki, Dalton Schultz, Hayden Hurst, Robert Tanyan. Oh, I would take. So See, I you, think uh, that, that you got to take that with a grain of salt, though. I I'll, it's probably based off what PFF. Yes. Yeah. Ingram is previous years, though, is not. He's done nothing. So. In a contract year, he balls out. What happens when he gets paid? I, I There's a good chance he just reverts right back to his old ways in my mind. I think you're right. The only thing that I think helping him out is he's only 28 years old. He set the Jaguars record for te- or catches, 69, and receiving yards of 739 by a tight end. I think if I, – I mean, the Jaguars just have a couple more pieces of the puzzle. Either – Put Evan Ingram on a one-year deal and go get another wide receiver and maybe beef, give Trevor Lawrence a little bit of help. I think you're making a crazy run again next year. Well, Mike, and I think you're going to finish with a better they record. They don't need to sign another receiver. Because you know, you know what happened today with the Jags? Do tell. So the, this is a trade everybody forgot about. But oh yeah, Calvin, Calvin Ridley, Calvin Ridley, Calvin Ridley can yeah. statement. So they've got their wide, they've got they their do. wide receiver right there. I forgot about that. They did today was the day he did come off of that, isn't it? Yep. So with that being said, I would ship off Evan Ingram. 
you bring a Dalton Schultz in, you bring a Robert Tanyan in, that's easy on Tanya. That yeah, would be one of the top offenses in the league. And I could see them being like a Cincinnati where they, they come out of nowhere and make it into the Super Bowl. I honestly, I'm high on Jacksonville. I think they've got a great thing going. And again, if you're a betting man, throw the mortgage down on that plus 2,800. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> bet. Bet. But just to touch on uh, Vegas thinks absolutely like we thought the AFC North was bad. The AFC South, they think, are just a bunch of derelicts other than Jacksonville. You got Tennessee at plus 7,000, the Colts at plus 8,000, the Texans at plus 12,500. 12, do not put the mortgage on the Texans, copy. Do, do, not, yeah, do not put the mortgage on the Texans or you will be homeless. <laughs> but in the, the AFC West, we don't really need... The, the only team I think that may be a shocker that's going to bump the Chargers out of their number two spot is going to be the Broncos. Yeah. Sean Payton's coming into town. Yeah, I could see that. And really, they both, uh, Raiders and Broncos have a shot at Raiders plus 4,000, Broncos plus 4,500. Um, definitely, I think as a league, probably the AFC West is going to be the most competitive. Um, I, just. Just I'll say I, I think Kansas City wins it, but I could I could see every team out of the AFC West having a winning record. Other than the Raiders, I agree a hundred percent. Well, just have to see. You know, you'll change your tune once your boy goes over to Vegas and is quarterback for the for the uh, Raiders. No, when uh, homeboy goes back to the Packers, I'll, as I said, Raiders are just going to do terrible. All right. Anyways. <laughs> Let's move over to the NFC. Top NFC team, according to Vegas, NFC West, San Francisco 49ers, plus 600. Oh, this has got me heated. All right. I'll let you start. It's you, fucking you, you, you bullshit. Have a, you have a bigger, bigger opinion than I do on this. Jimmy Garoppolo's gone. They literally even said, I don't know why they want to just crucify this guy so bad. I don't know on what the sidelines while you have no quarterback probably doesn't help. No, it doesn't, but I don't know what happened to him. All I'm saying is he's gone. Our boy that we all love, Brock, Brock Purdy, out for the year. Yep, Tommy John. Um oh, what's his name? Uh they drafted him last year first round or two years ago. Trey um, Lance. Uh, Trey Lance. I know we've barely seen him. But I think he's yeah. They're gonna roll out. They're gonna roll out Trey Lance. I think I think they're putting way too much, uh, as you would like to say, real estate in on Trey Lance, putting way too much on his shoulders. They don't got it. We've seen Debo the last couple of years go off, and and Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, those are some lonely motherfuckers out there. I don't know why they have them at plus 600. Do not put your mortgage on it. Don't even bet your tent on it. Okay. They're not going to the Super Bowl. So then let me ask you this. They've got they've got the Rams as the second highest team, second best odds in the NFC West. Do you see the Rams upending them? No, the Seahawks are going to upend them. I was going to say I could see this I could see the Seahawks. Seahawks are at plus uh Plus fifty five hundred. 
Yeah, I could see Card- Gino and the boys. That that's oh yeah. That, there again, Tyler Lockett's back. DK's back. You're gonna get Gino some- killed it. Yep. coming off of uh, uh, he got his NFL Honors Award. Yep. he's doing great. Yeah, honestly, Carroll's gonna keep that thing rolling, and I, I could see, I could see Seattle. I don't see a, a Super Bowl run, but I could see them taking the NFC West. You know, I again, I I agree with you, Mike. I think plus six hundred is that's a bold statement because that offense is going to have a lot of question marks with uh, Trey Lance running the show. We know their defense will be good. Uh, the only big loss they have is Al Shaher in the secondary, but uh, just just on the standings, not divisional. But to have San Francisco above, you know, the Eagles, the Bengals, the Bills, yeah. the Jaguars, I it's just ir- astonishing. I th- yeah, I think that's irresponsible. And I, I know Vegas doesn't like to lose, but, well, you know. One thing you got to take into account, too, is, you know, San Francisco, that's a big, that's a national brand. It's like the Cowboys. Me and you, we're not high on the Cowboys, but yet. Overall on this list, there's the sixth, the sixth highest team overall at plus sixteen hundred. But I don't think they're going to get there. You don't think they're going to get there. No. But you know, Dallas being quote unquote America's team, you got people that are going to bet on them. You know, through thick and thin. So Vegas, Vegas gonna, wants free money. Yeah, exactly. Vegas want Vegas wants to recoup, and they'll they'll take Dallas fans' money all day long. Just to close on the NFC West, it's going to be Seahawks, Cardinals, Rams, no, 49ers. Why? No, Mike, you are a moron. Your Arizona, boy's going to come out. Shining. Arizona is dead. Kyler is dead. They brought in a coach that nobody like was on nobody's radar. Mike, I, I'll tell you right now, Cardinals are going to have number one overall pick in the draft this year for, uh, after next season. And I'll bet my I'll bet my mortgage team. on that. You think they're going to be the worst team? I think they are going to be the worst team. I think I you can't you can't have D Hop and Murray in the same sentence of the worst team. Murray's not playing next his his ankles bum. He's not playing at all next year. He's out. I thought they said he was going to come back a half or three quarters of the way through the yeah, season. Yeah, but they're next. all yeah, so what? He'll come back to a one in ten team. You think he's Broke. gonna you think he's gonna be fired up to play in that? No. Colt way. McCoy, here we are. He's gonna be gone. Yeah, they'll probably be rolling out Colt McCoy as their starter, which I, I mean, me and you both love Colt McCoy. But I do. He's <laughs> He's got some tough sledding ahead of him. I'll say that. But no, Gino 2.0. Here we go. For you to think the Cardinals are going to be the second best team in the NFC West is completely irresponsible. And I want everybody listening to the pod. I want to apologize for Mike's (laughs) irresponsible behavior because that that was malfeasance. I'm just saying everybody's going to hear it. I've been guessing the last game's quite right. Watch NFC West Cardinals. Number two. No. Oh, and like they have such hard stuff to beat. Seahawks, nine wins. Rams, five wins. Cardinals, four wins. You just got to sprinkle a little bit of extra sugar on the top, and we're already sinking, baby. Moving on. The second best team out of the NFC, second best odds out of the NFC, belong to the team we just saw in the Super Bowl, Philadelphia Eagles, plus 800. 
they've got some uh, they've got some looming free agents in on their defense. We talk about the holding call, but James Bradbury, good player, he's a pending free agent. Uh, Javon Hargrave, one of their top one of the top interior linemen in the league, he is a pending free agent. Um, Mike, they lost both their they bought, lost both coordinators with uh, them going to the Colts and Cardinals. Do you see the Eagles being able to repeat in the NFC East, or do you think Dallas? Do you think Dallas rises up, or someone else? You see, Eagles are going to be there, and I I just want to shout out one more free agency they have that I feel like is a big one. T.J. Edwards, their linebacker. Yup. He's yep, a big name. He's on the list also. I think you need to lock down a couple more players on the defense. I think you need to focus heavily on the defense and the draft and free agency. I think you pick up a couple more names. Um, you're going to keep that NFC East spot. But I think Dallas is going to fall, and I think our uh, coach of the year is going to coach the Giants up to something special as long as they can lock down Saquon next year. I think we're going to see them in the number two spot. Yeah, I I could see the Giants elevating as well. Daniel Jones had a, a really nice rebound this season. Um, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, uh, I'd be hesitant to tie down Saquon though with the kind of money that he's going to demand. I heard a stat, and I didn't bring this up when we talked pre, uh, pre-pod, but do you know, like the last five years, do you know what, per year, do you know what the highest paid running back was getting paid per year out of the last, uh, last five Super Bowls, all the teams in those Super Bowls? You know what the highest paid running back was getting per year? I don't remember the running back. Office, Six. But I remember, I remember the number. No, it was two million. Fuck. So, for a team to go out and sign a running back to a big contract. Which they're the, starting the, the to do. The teams in the Super Bowl the past five years haven't done that, and they all ended up in the Super Bowl. So, be careful signing a, signing a running back to a big deal. Where you at it? You're going to go to the NFC North next here? Uh, yeah. Any any additional thoughts on the NFC uh, NFC East? We talked San or we talked Philadelphia. We talked actually talked yes the Giants. We talked Dallas. Yes, Washington Commanders are going to be sneaky next year. Yeah, that's yeah. They're plus seven thousand. It'll be uh, yeah. They get a quarterback. It'll be dependent on quarterback because yeah, it's scary. Terry's back. Um. Believe, believe. Great running Logan, backs. Tom, Logan Thomas is back, uh, an underrated tight end in the league. Yeah, I think they have the coach. They're missing the quarterback. Well, I, I don't think. know if they have the coach. Riviera Rivera. He, I know, not realizing his team could be eliminated from playoff contention was not a good look. That, yeah, I don't want to talk about that. All right. But yeah, <laughs> that was right. I don't. I, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I'd give Washington better than plus seven thousand odds to get the Super Bowl. But yeah, they're the NFC East went from being a laughing stock to being a pretty good conference. So they've got some tough sledding ahead of them. 
Uh, yeah, we will go to the NFC North, and this is a bit of a surprise, and it makes me happy, and I know it makes Mike unhappy, <sighs> but the team with the fourth best odds out of the NFC to go to the Super Bowl comes from the NFC North, and it's my Detroit Lions. And Mike, uh, I know you're, you're probably going to disagree with this one just to disagree, but let's take a look at their team. The entire, uh, essentially, the entire team is coming back. Other than the, Jamal. With Jamal Williams being the question mark. Jamal's stated that he wants to be back with the team. I think if I would support Jamal coming back wholeheartedly if he does not break the bank. If you can get Bro, him, he's coming for a bag. And I'm not giving him the bag. With that, with what I just told you in regards to Super Bowl running backs, I I'll give you I'll give you something where you're getting like you're not getting any more than I don't know. I, I did three years, ten million. Oh, pff, I'll no. do. I'll do that. You know what they need to do? The Lions. Swift needs to walk into the office and say, "You know what? I'll take a pay cut if you bump up Swift, Jamal Williams." Swift is still on his rookie deal. Oh, that's right. He so is. If I'm Jamal, I'll give you. I'll give you three years, ten million. So you're getting three, three a year, and you want to be part of something special. You've got to. Uh, <laughs> You know, you know what's going to happen, Kyle? They're going to trade him to the Bears. You guys are going to pick up broken David Montgomery. He'll take that three three year, ten million dollar no, deal, and I'm that'll be your interested. switch. I'm not interested. I'll draft another running back. But let me t- let's. We don't need to dive too far into the woods, into the water in this. With uh, I'll we'll see if Jamal comes back. I want Jamal back if it's a friendly deal. He is literally the only free agent that anybody cares about. But the Lions have tons, tons of cap space. And they've got five of the top 82 picks, which is why I think they're so far up on this list. Is they're going to, they could potentially have eight new starters on defense next year. And all of them, all of the players that they had this year, will pretty much be back. They'll be regulated to depth players, and I think the Lions could roll. And they're at plus 3,000. I, you know, following the Lions like I do as a fan, I think they're, if they're going to build, if they're going to take runs at the Super Bowl, I think this, their window, they need to be aggressive in free agency, and they need to draft well, which Brad Holmes has shown he can draft well year over year. Pretty much every player he's drafted has been a day one starter. If they if they can show something in free agency, they have been inactive the past two years in free agency. If they can show something, then I say their Super Bowl window opens right now. It's going to be hard to open when you're going to be losing to the Packers, my friend. Packers at number two out of the NFC North, not far behind at uh, plus 3,500. Mike's convinced that Aaron Rodgers is coming back, but Mike, the Packers need a convinced. lot of help. Convinced. Guaranteed. They need a lot of help, though. We do need a lot of help. We do need a lot of help. We need a wide receiver. It's not much to ask for. Is this the year that they finally draft one? 
before this the eighth the, round that doesn't even exist. Yeah, because Aaron Rodgers walked and kicked the fucking door down into Goody's office and said, I want a fucking wide receiver first round. And you're also going to go get me a homeboy from the Houston Texans. Help me out here. Brandon Cooks? Yes. I think with Brandon Cooks coming over, hopefully, or somebody, get us a wide receiver that's not 37,000 years old, that's just a big name, or go get us Odell Beckham Jr. We draft a wide receiver, come out, Packers are putting a halt to the Lions. You know what's what's what surprises me about this list, though, and I tells you, kind of, we thought this team was fake last year, and this list kind of solidifies that. Minnesota Vikings at plus 5,000. Oh, yeah, they're a broken team. Well, it's just, I don't think they're a broken team, but I think they overachieved last year. And when you win the majority of your games by one possession or less, you know, you can't, you can't sustain that type of behavior. Now, I will say a team that could surprise and I wouldn't be surprised if they were like the Lions of this year. I think the Chicago Bears might have something rolling. They've got their quarterback, Justin Fields. They've got the number one pick overall. And they're either, they don't need a quarterback. So they could trade out of that number one and get a bag full of draft picks. Or they, dra- or, you know, I, I honestly think they are going to. Dr- they're going to trade out of that number one spot, Mike. They have no. There's going to be a team desperate to get a Bryce Young. Um. So I think Chicago could get, could get the bag in regards to draft picks, and they start to supplement Justin Fields, and they become that hot young team like Jacksonville or Detroit, and potentially you know have a nice year. Playoffs, no, but. You know, be flirting around 500, be in the graphic in December. I could see it. I don't, I could see them, honestly, more than the Vikings. I can't see them more than the Vikings. You got too many high caliber players for the Vikings. I, I, I don't see them higher, but I can see the Chicago Bears finishing better than three and 14, but well, I'm still putting them last. Yeah, I think I'm still putting them last. I, I think that's good. I could see them seven to 10 wins. Probably closer to seven or eight, but you know what? Is if I'm a Lions fan, if you're a Packers fan, I'm not rolling into that game saying we got it in the bag. No, I, I mean as a Packers, a, I think there's going to be a pain. We're part owners. I think you know we got it, but the Lions, I could definitely see that. Or whatever. Let's just move on because I'm tired of hearing about your your Packer <laughs> propaganda. <laughs> And potentially discussing pre-pod, the worst conference in the NFL. We thought it could be the AFC South, but it could also very well be the NFC South. And Mike, they are giving the New Orleans Saints the best chance to make the Super Bowl out of the NFC South at plus 5,000. And they... The most notable free agent is Big Red, Andy Dalton. Which is wild. Like, I don't even know what to do here with the, with the NFC South. 
Atlanta Falcons are going to win the NFC South next year. Yeah. Carolina, I think they had it with Wilkes. I don't know what's going to happen next year. Tampa Bay, if they did this with Tom Brady, I don't I think they're going to be uh, experiencing quite the rebuild. Yeah, it's going to get ugly in Tampa Bay. But honestly, uh, Tampa Bay is tied with New Orleans, plus 5,000. Well, if you're a Tampa Bay fan, you go hop on the boat there and scoot around to Miami and start rooting for that. Yep. But um, Atlanta Falcons, Desmond Ritter, they got some wide receivers. They got Kyle Pitts. Atlanta Falcons are going to make that push. They got your fantasy boy, Cordero. They ha- Cordero is God's gift to the football field. <laughs> when it comes to fantasy football, absolutely. Yes. I, I think the Atlanta Falcons are going to be the hit for the NFC South here. I I know Vegas disagrees, but... I would rule it out. I mean, shoot, Mike. How many wins take that division? Seven? Eight? Eight. Eight wins take the division. Yeah. I, I could see the Falcons doing it, honestly. I And that's with a real hot second half of the season, Panthers. Buccaneers just kind of doing their thing with Tom Brady, kind of just skating in there. Just lackluster performances across the board. Falcons, young team, you know, diving after it, trying to get it, fighting hard. I think the Falcons are going to make some good draft picks or pick up some players. They're going to be pushing that spot. I think they're at the end of their rebuild here. And I and I think Atlanta, too, of all the coaches in the NFC South, I Arthur Smith, I think, is the best is the best head coach out of that out of that group. I like Frank Wright. I think that is a good hire for Carolina, as we discussed in a previous pod. I think if he has some stability in that organization, that he'll be able to turn Carolina into something uh, something that no other team is going to want to face. But yeah, for the time being, I think Arthur Smith's going to be that guy. And yeah, I. I've got no issue at all, Mike, with you thinking the Falcons could uh, could surprise and win the uh, win the NFC South. I'm glad you agreed with that because I, there's, I there, like, there's a lot of you know differences that could possibly be held up you know, with the NFC South. It's just yeah, you start looking at the pro at the programs in general. Like, all right, who do I like as a coach? You know. Who, let's look at their roster. You know, Atlanta young roster, and yeah, Kyle Pitts very talented. Desmond Ritter, he's still raw, but um, I think Arthur Smith will be able to mold him. He's going to have a full NFL offseason now to learn. And yeah, it's. I think Tampa Bay's done. New Orleans, nobody knows what they are. The Panthers, they're rebuilding. Nobody knows who they're. Uh, who their quarterback's going to be. So with that, Mike, I really enjoyed this topic. I enjoyed breaking this down. And I want to revisit this after free agency in the draft because you know these odds will be republished. And I want to I see how public opinions change. So um, we'll probably I- re- we'll revisit this come summertime. And I think... And I do want... I. I- I want the listeners to continue tuning in because we're going to start hitting more on this free agency. Who's the top free agents coming up? And, and we're going to be diving in more too on like the free agency on, and 
where we're hearing the league is possibly, you know, teams going after other players and where they stand with their cap, um, you know, money. The cap did get raised this year, which takes some teams out of the hole that they were in. Um, it, it's going to be interesting seeing where it's going forward. Yep. So with that, we'll wrap it up. Be sure to like and subscribe if you have not already to our various social medias and subscribe to the podcast. Mike and I appreciate it and send us some feedback with that. Mike and Kyle, we're signing off and thanks for listening to the post victory formation podcast.